Hey, I'm Brenna. And I'm AC. And welcome to An Obsessive Nature, where we're geeks, but we're also writers now. Legend Board. We're talking about Legend Board today. It is based in Chapel Hill, which is where we are from and where we still live close to and where we went to school and where we were roommates. Exactly. Yes. So give you the inside scoop. Yeah. To this North Carolina story, which was I, which I really loved a lot. It, yeah, I really loved it a lot, too. And I was shocked that I did. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, as it's not really a secret that I do not like fantasy or I haven't gotten attached to like a fantasy story, I guess. It's not that I don't like it. It's just hard for me to get attached to one written on the page. I think it's easier for me to do it like on a screen. Mm-hmm. But on the page, it's harder. But I actually, because it was so grounded in literally like our backyards, it was very easy. So Yeah. The lore, that wasn't easy. But getting into the minds of the characters was easy. And the setting. Yeah, and the setting and all of that. So The tunnels, man. You know, I've heard of these tunnels before. I don't know if they're really? real. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you? No. <laughs> I mean, it would only make sense that we're like the oldest... I say we, I mean, it is like the oldest university. I mean, of course there would be tunnels. I guess. And racism. I mean, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah, it really does, especially the racism. Yeah. (laughs) Which, I guess, let's get into it. I don't know if there's a way you want to structure this discussion. I don't know. I kind of, like, wrote my notes, like, based on, I don't know, the different aspects, like, aspect of grief in the book and, like, race Mm -hmm. and... Um, all the relationships because that's like and then I also have some things that were very unrealistic from a Chapel Hill perspective yeah so I get it that's kind of there was one manipulation of truth that I took issue with just because it makes a lot of I think people could use it as a way to like undermine other more important parts of the story Mm -hmm. and I didn't really see the point in that change um, but yeah, I guess we're doing a very un-tempered uh, review, so probably yeah. filled with spoilers, just a heads up. Yeah, our... I mean, it's, how long has it been out? I didn't even realize the sequel's literally coming out in, like, next yeah, summer, so. I think it came out last year, 2020, yeah. um, during the pandemic. Yes. Love we're it. still in. But yeah, but we're still in. Mm-hmm. I just watched um, the first episode of season two of Tiger King and nothing happened in it. It was very boring. It was just recapping, you know, how crazy everyone got during the pandemic. And it was just really weird and like deja vu. And I can't believe I can't believe it every day. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's been two years. Two years. Yeah, I can't watch Tiger King. It makes me sad. I know it is. Yeah. Yep. Anywho. Um, this book is also pretty sad, but also very it cool and good. And yeah. let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. I guess we can start with grief, which I did think about because obviously I started reading it right mm-hmm. after my grandma died. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been weirdly reading a lot of books with grief. So um, I was like, oh, yes, thank you. This is helpful. And apropos but also didn't feel out of the ordinary to me yeah 
what about you? <laughs> no, I think that's, I think it was like just refreshing. I've never seen grief explained so real and raw in a YA novel yeah. at all. And it was just really, there was like some fantastic quotes and like amazing imagery of like how it feels. And it was just really cool. Mm-hmm. And the legacy of grief, I thought, was particularly interesting, especially, yeah. like, it's actually something I've thought about before as someone whose, like, mother was adopted, because I know mm-hmm. there's, like, a lot of grief in that experience, and then the things that lead to it, um, and then, like, having these weird, like, emotional connections to people you haven't met, um, I thought that was really interesting. And important, yeah. especially from, like, a Black perspective, mm-hmm. um, to dig into that. It was a very cool way to dig into the history and still be, like, respectful and shit. Yeah. And very, very, um, obviously, juxt- juxtaposition, wait, juxtaposing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, the very, like, we have every single thing written down of every single white man ever that has been a part of this, the order, and, like... Okay, you have yeah, to I go mean, through these people's memories because we don't have any of this shit written down. Um, and fucking good points. Like, yeah. Jesus, there's someone with my last name on the North Carolina Declaration of Independence. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's about time somebody wrote something from the other perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if so you can was, tell, race is, like, a huge part of this book, and it was yeah. also very refreshing, and I really enjoyed it. And Because you know what? It's a huge part of UNC. Yeah, it's, it is a huge part of UNC. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it, it, it was a very important story, and it was in a perfect setting, and I really thought it was extremely powerful. She was also just so relatable to, to absolutely anyone. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many things to relate to. And I loved, I loved Brie as a character very much. Yeah. Um, so. I really enjoyed the way she found out about her, like, powers and this, like, the, 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 the um, descriptions of pain and sensation, just as someone mm-hmm. who's experienced pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to read a lot of dystopian novels with mm-hmm. shittily written pain. Um, How many times can we bring up that, that, uh, that book in the... <laughs> Our podcast. I know, right? <laughs> We're talking about divergent. <clears throat> um, yes, I recently actually saw. I found an author tube YouTube channel, and like one of the thumbnails was like the Greatest Showman versus Divergent, and it was like how to write something, and Divergent did it wrong, and the Greatest Showman did it right, and I was like, okay, <laughs> of course, hilarious, of course. Wow, but yeah. It was cool and, like, very nuanced, I felt like, discovery of magic. Maybe mm-hmm. that's because it felt so... I don't know. I don't know if it was nuanced or if it just felt unusually grounded because I've, like, been in Old East where her dorm room is, which a freshman would never be in that dorm room, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, they're not freshmen, though. It's this whole made-up oh, yeah, early, early college thing. Program. So this is so mm-hmm. this is YA because it, they're in an early college program, but they're actually high schoolers. Like, okay. Sure, you can put that yeah. into YA, whatever. If you want to have it take place on a college campus, <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. There we so. go. And she admitted, like, in the back of the book when she was explaining the, like, the real stuff that she took, um, she was like, yeah, the early college program does not exist. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did not have 16-year-olds living in Old East. <laughs> so. 
so imagine i mean yeah for for reference the main freshman dorms are on the complete other side of campus so yeah and old east has like three floors and yeah. like maybe six rooms on each floor it's a very <laughs> I've, I don't even difficult think I've to there. get in there <laughs> yeah more than uh, six but still it's like 12 yeah. maybe Meanwhile, Hojo has like 5,000 rooms, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Skyscraper of a dorm. Depressing as fuck. That thing belongs in, um, uh, fuck, 1984. <laughs> it does. Yeah. But, anyways, um, God, I fucking hate the quarry, but I get it. Why that was in there. There was a scene set in the quarry, I guess, mm-hmm. for her listeners who haven't read it um i don't know i have very bad memories from my time spent at the quarry so i guess it's just a personal thing not anything relevant to review but i guess it's a good place to set a traumatic like uncovering of another world i don't think i've ever been don't go (laughs) okay i don't think i yeah nothing about it's pleasant i'm sure um in the very beginning, um, just where she's seeing everything, it felt very Riverdale, like with the cops, and like it just felt mm-hmm. very like that kind of vibe. And I thought that was interesting because yeah. I've never really felt that way in Chapel Hill, but I guess every small town kind of feels that way at night. <laughs> so I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that was I liked. I definitely liked the opening. I think the main. <clears throat> um, I don't know. One of the main scenes I really enjoyed, even though they changed who. They changed Silent Sam to be, like, another real person, um, yeah. the Confederate statue. And I liked that scene, but yeah. Is that what you were thinking about earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it just felt, especially good. since there's a building right there named after him. Yeah. Like, it just felt like an unnecessary detail, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of, that was the one thing, too. I felt a little iffy on. I mean, I really liked, obviously, the meaning behind it, but yeah. Especially because, mm-hmm. like, it was taken down during our year, our year we graduated, and, like, my whole class did a documentary on it and like <laughs> very yeah anybody who's around here knows yeah. like what the statue is of and yes that stands for hate and stands for the confederacy but also it's not a specific person mm-hmm. yeah um, i mean i can i can maybe see how like an editor like wanted to change it because like i get yeah. it if you're not really from here i don't know or don't i don't know who I knows know. i think <clears throat> i think they could have made the point yeah, I agree. And then, what was it? Oh, the only other thing I had an issue with was that she kept talking about crickets at night, how loud the crickets were. Really? And didn't say anything about cicadas. Oh. And I'm just like, like <laughs> I didn't what? even think about that. The one thing yeah. I found unrealistic was, like, it was, like, the first few weeks after school started, and all of a sudden it was getting cooler, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> like... It, it could still be 70 degrees <laughs> in October, like, there's, and it was still August or September, like, the beginning of September, and it was like, oh, the, the breeze, I need to wear a jacket. I'm like, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like in the 60s right Unless now. Unless this was set November, before global warming. And it's, like, I mean, weirdly <laughs> cold. No, it's set, I think it's set in the mythical 2020 when there wasn't a pandemic. Yeah, it's literally set in 2020. Yeah, I've definitely read that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that was the main thing in terms of my Chapel Hill um connection that was unrealistic but the other thing was like nobody ever went to class and that's pretty much how it like the book the parts of the book is none of it has to do with going to school and it's like implied they did 
like in mm-hmm. the end she's talking about like oh Cell is just like a normal teenage boy he goes and I'm like no he doesn't when have I ever seen him with a book or like doing anything class related and that made me kind of irritated <laughs> <laughs> that's like what a book what happens in a book though right? I know I know it is because like you're supposed to skip over those parts but it was just like it is <laughs> nobody ever the only it was just kind of everything was oh at the end of the school day this happened but nobody ever did anything during school or whatever and i'm just like okay yeah um, and but. she was conveniently very smart so she didn't ever have to do homework and she basically. was yeah conveniently in in dumb classes anyway mm-hmm. um so i don't know but i, I get it I that loved, was just kind of like okay yeah i loved her friendship I feel like we don't get to see friendship that deep and strong in YA, especially with romance yeah. novel books. Um, and it was nice to have that component in there, too, because it's so important. Yeah, I um, I wrote down, like, all the different relationships between different characters because I thought those were just so great. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Alice, her best friend, was kind of gone the whole time because she was just like yeah. hiding everything from her. But at the end, it, it was it was worth it because they she was just so cool and strong, and they were mm-hmm. the cutest. Um, yeah, great cast of characters, and we had a they. Yeah, and that was I thought, and their relationship Same. was really Bree and and Greer's relationship was mm-hmm. just very cool because it was just it was I mean they were like the only you know outcasts in the order because mm-hmm. everyone else was just white and boring but yeah. <laughs> but yeah i think that relationship was really cool and i really liked that addition and how seamlessly I, it was weaved in mm-hmm. um, i love um meeting a non-binary character mm-hmm. who just no one bats an eye at yeah which is crazy because like everyone was batting an eye at brie but <laughs> i mean right i guess yeah. uh well i mean i guess people crazy. did like yeah. especially the older people did notice yeah. Greer, but like brie didn't take any time to like linger over it it was just mm-hmm. oh like, exactly immediately yeah. was like oh they blah 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 yeah so, yeah i, I think that. it was it was just i loved brie and william's relationship too and that he was just like mm-hmm. gay and like didn't even find it It was just totally thrown in there and it was totally fine and nothing out like yeah it was just all in and brie was just so this is why i love teenagers nowadays they just don't care mm-hmm. and they... <laughs> same <laughs> um and i really liked that uh, and how, like, William trusted her so quickly and, like, mm-hmm. wasn't, like, all still tied to, like, what the Order was doing or whatever. He just continued to trust her just as a person. I thought that was so cute and really yeah. liked that relationship. Um, I agree. Also, her dad and her were so cute. And I really yeah. enjoyed that. And, like, really real. And really, like, I really loved the line, like, our grief is for the same person, but our grief is not the same. And I really thought that, mm-hmm. that really, like, hit me, like, oh. It was really interesting to see the dichotomy of the, both of their their griefs and the, how they were each handled. Um, yeah. That Waffle House scene was just like killed me. I was like, oh my god, because I could. That is some place that I have sat not many times, but quite a few times, and it yeah. just it was so beautiful. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it was. Yeah, I don't know how other people like. I don't know how this was probably the perfect book to get me like more interested in fantasy because. I have literally wow. stepped in these places. So it was very helpful. All the Lauren stuff was way over my head and it definitely was, I didn't understand. I don't really understand anything about King Arthur mythology. So it was just like, <laughs> holy shit. But then um, when I kind of was like reading more into it, and I just kind of gave up of trying to understand it. Then I kind of got it. And like, then it 
kind of flowed and I yeah. didn't really care because the characters were just so good that I was like, whatever. Like, I'm fine with this. <laughs> and, okay. and everyone was great. So, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was really cool. I mean, the, I think the magic was so interesting because there was such a a seeming dichotomy between, like, the magic that the King Arthur court people had and the magic that all the people of color had access to. But then it's, yeah. like, actually the same thing surprise surprise but and but like, they're just borrowing versus taking or whatever or like they're yeah. just yeah yeah and like one calls it good and one calls it bad and there's yeah. just like these different structures around it and i'm like hmm interesting it's that's very my favorite thing about fantasy and like sci i'm just i guess writing in general mm-hmm. is like the way it can sometimes be so masterfully applied to like stand for something else and you don't need it yeah. to be explained it just makes sense yeah, so it make I mean it all it all made total sense for sure. And it it all came together like throughout and I think I was so confused in the beginning but by the end I was like, "Oh yeah, this all totally makes I mean it doesn't totally make sense, but it make that part made total sense." Yeah. Different magic and and whatnot. Um I don't know. Yeah. I just want to talk about the love triangle, <laughs> which isn't really a love triangle, yeah. but I was like <laughs> No, we can. It is a love triangle. I so <laughs> I um I, I, like, wrote something down after this. So after where she accepts Squire and then she's kidnapped by Nick's dad, I wrote down, like, this crazy, like, because I was kind of taking notes as I read. And I wrote down, what am I supposed to feel about Cell and Nick and what the fuck? The chemistry between all of them was just going about my business thinking it was a typical love triangle until Brie brought up that all three of them will basically be bonded. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> basically, it doesn't feel right that Nick is just like, ah, oh, whatever. It seems like Brie's is into cell. I'm going to act like everything is fine and make out with her in this closet anyway. <laughs> so I wrote that. <laughs> so yeah. And then I didn't really like, I didn't really ship Brie and cell until I talked to my coworker and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. You're right. <laughs> so okay. the end, cool. Cool. <laughs> that's my story. And now I want to write an enemy to lover story like really bad. So that's my story. Yeah. And I'm sticking it- to it. I mean, I kind of had a feeling the moment that she described his gauges in that first chapter, I had a feeling <laughs> that, they, that it, there was a, something there. Well, she was like, he's unsettlingly beautiful. And I'm like, well, okay, thanks. Yeah. And the fact that I think what really, like the fact he's on the cover of the sequel and it's not Nick. I mean, <laughs> like, mm, why, why would you be on the cover of the sequel? exciting Um, i do also i want to talk about the cover because i feel like so many ya covers suck oh my god and this one's beautiful it's beautiful like well okay so many ya covers suck when they have humans on them (laughs) yes yes. because either they're really bad just photographs or they're like yeah it was but it was like photoshopped to hell or Mm -hmm. just like especially fantasy yeah especially fantasy um Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I think digital art, the digital art avenue route is where it's at. And I hope more people start doing it. So I I watched a video the other day of an author explaining and like she was interviewing her cover designer for one of her books. And like the extent that some of these cover like artists go, I mean, it's insane. And some of these covers yeah. are just take so many steps and are so cool. And then you see just like some of them and you're like, what? What is this? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was I I really, really liked all of this book, honestly. I didn't wow. think I would, but it really got me uh, in the feels, so. 
Yeah, it's a very sweet story. I was like shocked at the ending because there really hadn't been any death. And then all of a sudden there were like three deaths in a row. And like, granted, there's so many characters and that really irritated me because I really didn't have connections to a lot of them um, or like tell them all apart. And like, this person's the squire of this person. I'm like, I don't fucking know what. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. But like, I understood her connections to, I don't know. It was, (laughs) I love how the, the boyfriend of, um, her friend who took her to the quarry uh, was like ended up being the I don't know how to pronounce any of the demons names or like how they right. re- refer to them but that was fun mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was a frat boy that was fun yeah I know right there was, there was huh. a lot of cool a lot of cool shit and how the how the mean guy that beat her up like helped her in the end and they were all helping each other I thought that was I thought the ending where they're like going to get Nick or whatever where they were all um, mm-hmm. when they're all planning and everyone just like trusted Brie and it was just so cute because that was not the way it was, you know, yeah. and it was really cute how they all came together. And we're like, oh, we just trust you now. We don't trust this thing that we've trusted our whole lives. Like, we just trust you because mm-hmm. you're cool. Well, the proof is in the pudding, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do or die. But yeah, this book was really good. I'm glad you read it. I can't believe yeah. you read it. I, so my coworker, like, Again, this is like Julian the Phantoms. I had to be forced to read it. And because my coworker wanted me to read it too. She's like a booktuber. Um, mm-hmm. And she's great. And I love her. And she just got a job working for Disney Books. So she's left us. But like, it's her dream job, basically. And I'm so proud of her. And so happy for her. Um, and she's gonna be running their socials. So like, I'm very, very proud of her. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, she told me to read the book. And I was like, I don't know. I'll read it. But then I never did until you were like, let's do a podcast on it. So. Yeah, I can't it's, believe I found it. It just popped up on my Audible suggestions, like handpicked for you. <laughs> um, there you go. And I like read the description. And I was like, fuck, what? It's so nice yeah. to read something that isn't Dear John set in Chabwell. I totally forgot about it. <laughs> I was because, yeah. yeah, I did read. The, I think I talked about this before, but there was a, a Lauren Oliver book that was like set in Chapel Hill, but barely. Like it was just that was her hometown, mm-hmm. but a lot of it took place outside of it. Um, so like Franklin Street was yeah. there and whatever, but like this was like, I mean, set on campus the whole time. So I know. Granted, a lot of it was in the woods, but <laughs> a lot of it was in the woods, but it was still on campus. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they didn't really do anything in the theater, that spooky outside theater. Mm-hmm. The forest but... theater is that what it's called? Yeah, because I think the yeah. part of the woods they were in was like right around there she did talk about playmakers i think didn't she i don't Maybe. know so then it's right across the street yeah. too i guess no, she talked about so. old playmakers oh you're right which you're right. is by the arboretum Mm-hmm. you're right mm. i feel too old i don't remember half of i don't rem- i don't have a good direction sense of direction anymore but i'm not there but also therapy in the arboretum yeah <laughs> crazy so cute finally something mm-hmm. that isn't like i mean that's the most stereotyp- stereotypical place to take photos but i didn't realize you could have therapy there like that's way better than taking a bunch of photos or doing your grad photos there <laughs> right well you're i think you're not supposed to really talk there yeah that's a good point <laughs> nobody follows that no mm. yeah i don't know i i really i really liked it and i'm glad i read it and thank you for making you read it telling me to read it yeah. 
Man, we should read more stuff and watch more stuff because so far you've liked both a lot. This is true. Is there going to be a second uh, season of Julie and the Phantoms? I don't think so at this point. (laughs) I think like there's a huge there there was a huge movement and they've never said anything. So yeah, yeah. His name is Nick too. Remember that horrible ending? (laughs) Oh yeah. Fuck. Hmm, I love it. I just we just watched Arcane on Netflix, which is the animated um, show that just got released based on League of Legends, which is a game mm-hmm. Martin has played for years, and it was probably the best animated show I've ever seen. It was That's fantastic. So it was so yeah. good. I loved it a lot. Um, so I watched that recently. I watched Squid Game as well <laughs> in the time yes. since we've talked last. So yeah, I know. And I'm seeing happened. BTS in. A little over a week, so I'm very excited. Woohoo! <laughs> Scream for me. I will. I will. Okay. I will, uh, yeah, I don't know. Very excited. Good, you should be. You and deserve I my, it. I got my booster, so I'm even more protected, you know? <laughs> Same. Booster gang. Yeah. So hopefully we did this book justice. <laughs> We're kind of expecting everyone else to have read it who's listening to this because we didn't say anything really about the plot. So yeah, we hopefully, didn't. Yeah, hopefully I'm just you assuming, Well, the the thing we have to offer here is like insight as locals. So yes. I don't think anybody could really appreciate that insight unless they've read it. Yeah, we're not King Arthur historians, so we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about UNC. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out a way to work in one of my new favorite phrases, which is "ladies and gentle them." Um, but I can't, so I just said so you're it just now. gonna say it now, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'd heard "ladies" before, but I personally, I'm sure other people have said it too, but I personally yeah. added the "gentle them." I'm really proud of myself because everyone else around me was like, "like them men," and I was like, "No, them men." <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's gentle. To break it to you, but like we have the easiest, like people in the South have the easiest, like you know, root for this. You just say all. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Also, I have one more funny thing to add. Uh, When I first, when like you first realized that Brie was Arthur and Nick was Lancelot, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like thought that that meant. Well, I didn't think that meant they were like brother and sister. (laughs) for a second that meant they were brother and sister like their connection i'm like wait no that's that's i had to think i had to really think it through (laughs) before i understood that (laughs) so um so uh uh editors next time maybe think of including a family tree with big revelations like that for people (laughs) i mean i got it i just had to think of a family tree in my head um but uh i also speaking of like that kind of connection i also really liked how uh, Brie and Sel's mom were like cute as well. Like they were connected. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I liked I liked having that because then it's like the love triangle even has more connections. <laughs> you know, yeah, I it makes you really triangle. like Sel too at the end. I mean, I I loved him by the end. I feel like really heartbroken for Nick, but I'm fine with that yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he'll stand... in, maybe he'll imprint on somebody. Is that how all these books work? <laughs> what lol (laughs) it's just about time also like a beautiful young black woman was at the center of a love triangle too like Mm -hmm. come on man 
Especially since I've been watching so much reality TV and it's never the case in reality TV, which is very tragic. Um, yeah. And problematic, but... <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Um, this book, Making Dreams Come True. Honestly, yeah. I am... Um, I love this book a lot. The end. And go read it. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. You're welcome. Except okay, we, if you didn't read it, we spoiled no. the whole thing. So I don't know why I'd say we that. We gave a warning. So. <laughs> and honestly, it's going to be more of an enjoyable read than this listen was. So. Oh, yeah. I agree. We're both pretty <laughs> bad at talking. Thanks for listening. If you liked the episode, feel free to give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. You can follow us on Twitter at ObsessNaturally or email us at anobsessivenature at gmail.com. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>